It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to the show. I am so excited today to talk with my guest. Joining me is Steve Richard, co-founder of Voresight, co-founder of Voresight BP. I mean, really a sales entrepreneur, if you will, I guess is one of the things I, I label you as. Uh, and now, most recently, as co-founder and chief revenue officer of ExecVision, that's really trying to, I think, attempt to revolutionize sort of employee development, as maybe the way I'll categorize it. So, accelerating the growth of your business demands that you have a sales team that is focused on creating value for the customer in this whole customer-focused selling has been given lip service, I'll say, for decades. But one of the problems managers face with improving sales rep performance and becoming more customer-focused is that it's all about how they coach people. But the problem is that the information they have to coach their performers is usually anecdotal. It's after the fact. Uh, it's you know based on memory and recollection. And so with the exec vision, Steve and his team are trying to change how you actually coach your people to greater levels of performance. So Steve, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Andy. That was a great summary. So I sort of introduced you, but yeah, you know, go ahead and introduce yourself. If I fill in the blanks a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, I mean, really fundamentally, I'm an entrepreneur, and and my passion has always been helping frontline, not just salespeople, but also customer focused people. Um, and my backstory is uh, I was a failing frontline salesperson myself, who had some interventions from some wonderful mentors at the right times, and they were. They were interventions that were happening at the call level, actually helping me with how I uh, how I executed my sales conversations. And I think there are a lot of other frontline people out there like that who need help. So um, if you look at anything, it doesn't matter if it's Voresight, Voresight BP, Exec Vision. It's all built around that that mission of my life, which is let's help so many more of these, especially millennial salespeople, get better because they need the knowledge that's in your head, Andy. <laughs> so are you a millennial? You know, I was born in 1980, so I'm right on the cusp, but I definitely identify more with the Gen Xers. Okay. All right. So where were you failing when you were selling? Um, started at the corporate executive board. Uh, I was in uh, what we would now call a sales development rep at the time. They called it a marketing associate. Right. And, uh, and you, were calling, you were cold calling CIOs and cold emailing CIOs of big companies to try to generate appointments. Uh, and you know, it's really hard to get those people on the phone. It's really hard to get their interest and attention. There's a lot of vendor noise and static out there. And like many new sales development reps, I was way over my head about a month and a half, two months in. And that's when I had the classic, you know, Bud Fox from wall street, look yourself in the mirror moment <laughs> when I said, what are you made of? You know? And, right. and, and that's when I started sitting down with all the people in, in the organization there were about a hundred of us doing it. And and learning the best practices, and then I had some interventions from uh, from some mentors. So was there an aha moment, like where it started making sense? You had this epiphany? Yeah, yeah. The aha moment was uh, whatever whatever works works, and a lot of what works is counterintuitive. So don't don't do what you think you should do, what you feel is the right thing to do. Do what works based on the observations and study of others. Now, was there one thing in particular that was counterintuitive that you found worked? Well, there, you know, one of my the things I'm kind of known for the classics is uh, direct lines, getting someone's direct phone number. That was that was actually intuitive, but how to get it was counterintuitive. Calling places like the IT help desk in the organization and places like that, just the ability to get a CIO on the phone is so hard. Yeah, oh, very interesting. So, what was the drive then for starting your own? 
venture. I mean, gosh, like I said, I call you a sales entrepreneur because you know, this is your third venture at least, right? And you started in the sales space to help sales reps. What was that motivation? Yeah, you know, at the time we started an appointment setting business and the motivation there was, you know what, uh, most salespeople are pretty darn good at closing deals. They're pretty lousy at opening doors. And at the time, that's that's my that was my area of focus and expertise and is how to open those doors in the first place. So uh, the that business grew very quickly. Now we're in a Vorsight in a, an ocean of uh, cottage industry with a whole bunch of companies like Green Leads and Memory Blue and Buy Appointment Only and Inside Sales Team and and Televerde and I could go the list goes on and on and on. There's so many excellent outsourced appointment setting firms out there. Uh, and then from there, we got the training business because what was happening is people were coming to us and saying, "Man, you guys are really good at the top of the funnel. Teach us what you do. How do you get how do you get in the door with all these really hard to reach executives and get them to pay attention?" And that's where that came from. And then from there, the the whole like uh, scheme film for the Salesforce exec vision is all about, you know, most sales teams lack game film, which is, again, just insane when you think about it. If, if you're a sports fan and you think about it, if there was a, a football coach who didn't watch game film, they would be fired. Well, uh, they were, yeah, automatically because they couldn't compete on the field. Yeah, but now, but now I straw poll. I, you know, Anidi, I'm sure you do this too. I straw poll uh, sales leaders or customer success leaders out there in the field, and and I say, yeah, um, how often do you listen to calls? How often do you even just get on a call with a headset splitter, or just listen to what's going on, or watch a video of of a demo? And the answer is almost never. Almost never, right? Yeah. yeah, as we talked about, I talked about in the intro, is that it's always based on anecdotal evidence. You know, you're a coach, the rep, you sit down. So how to go with that customer? Well, you know, I said this, they said that, da 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 da. Can, can I can I jump on that? That's it. It's yeah, like an, it's like an offensive lineman in football going back to their position coach, their offensive line coach, and the offensive line coach says, "Hey, you know, Chuck, what happened there?" And they're like, "Well, the." You know, the, the DN came at me like this, and then they tried the swim technique, and then they did this, and I tried to counter like this. It's 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 absurd. I mean, right. versus saying, let's go look at the tape. Let's go look at the tape. All right, so let's jump in right into exec vision. So tell us what it is, what it does, and how it works. Yeah, it, it, more interesting is the problem it solves for, which is um, what I call the, uh, the paradox of call recording. And the paradox of call recording is that almost every company has the ability to record, and we'll talk about this later, legally. So bookmark that, but every organization has the ability to record through either the phone system, uh, there's screen sharing tools like join me, WebEx, clear slide, go to meeting, or there are dialers. If they use a dialer like an insidesales.com, Velocify, Salesloft, right. the dialer. Right. So they all have the ability to do this yet, and they have the recordings yet, they do almost nothing with the recordings they have. Why? Now, if you dig into that problem, peel away the layers of the onion, the reason why is, one, it's hard to find a call. Two, it's hard to find the right part of a call. Three, it's hard to um, share a call. It's hard to, sh to score a call. It's hard to annotate a call. You know, like if, if you're going to watch an hour-long demo and the only thing that really matters is these 15 minutes right here, you don't want to watch the whole hour as a sales leader. You want to get to the 15 minutes that count. And right. now those, that's a place where I can coach. So we solve our software, Exec Vision, solves for all of those problems. All right. Well, let's run down the list. How's it do it? Yep. So um, the ability to, when you have a call, so when you when you receive, like, I'm going to use an example of a recorded demo. So you right. have, let's pretend you have account executives who are doing recorded discovery qualification uh, calls slash demo meetings. Okay. Yeah. So um, on, on go to meeting or join.me or something like that. 
Exactly, exactly. In the in the platform, in ExecVision, it pulls in the recording. Let's pretend it's one of those those sources, and it combines it with data from CRM, and then transcribes a call. So three things: one, calls come in automatically; two, calls co are combined with CRM data; number three, calls transcribed. And the output of this is now you can search in the platform to find the call. You can, because the call is transcribed, you can search by a keyword and you can fast forward to the part of the call that contains a particular word. So I'll give you a really interesting use case for this. And so, so just, and just a, the transcript timestamp. So as you're reading it, you'll be able then to search for a specific or fast forward to a specific time. Ex exactly. Except it's even even a little easier than that. You just have to hit a button and it will fast forward you right to that moment in time. Excellent. Okay. Call. So it's it's super. It, you don't have to like hold it down or something like right. uh, <laughs> VHS. Right. But so this is this is an interesting. Um, you know, we're learning a lot of things from our customers and how they're using it all the time. Uh, and one of our customers uh, told me of an idea he called converse or sorry uh, question density. So if you go to most sales leaders and say, hey, sales leaders, what do you want your sales team doing more of? They all, they all say the same thing. We want them asking more and better questions. And it doesn't matter if they're challenger sale focused or, you know, which, which sort of religion of sales methodology they subscribe to. Asking questions at some point is always going to be good. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Where, where do they fall down? And they say, well, my account executives fall down in the ability to ask the second question. Exactly. Follow. So in the platform, we can type in who, what, why, when, where, or how. Now, if you type in something like a what or how, you'll see quite a few examples. On an hour call, you might see what comes up 10, 15, 20 times, how, same sort of thing. But then if you type in the question why, interesting, why, why does that matter to you? Why do you do things that way? Why doesn't come up very often? Gosh, everybody forgets all the, the questioning and <laughs> Patterns they learned when they were two years old. Exactly. Right? We, we were born asking the why question. <laughs> exactly. And that's the, that's the thing that's missing from so many. And, you know, sales leaders are probably listening to this and nodding their head along going, like, if I knew, now we can actually tell you, here are, here are calls where people asked the question why versus calls where people did not ask the question why. And now we can really, you know, coach in an incredibly efficient way that's 10 times. You can coach 10 times the number of calls in the same amount of time. Oh, that's that is cool. Yeah, I like that. You get that data about yeah, what is the the how what how what why questions. That that is pretty interesting because yeah, why is to me is a much more powerful question. I it's funny. I read something online this week about somebody cautioning against asking why questions because they <laughs> feel it was too uh, interrogative, right, as opposed to collaborative and. I, I didn't believe it, and I don't agree with that at all. I mean, the why is an incredibly powerful question. That so okay, so this is a now we got something really interesting going on here because we're we, we in the sales, um, uh, you know, thought leader community, for lack of a better word, are always bringing forth the best uh, ideas and the best practices of sales with the best evidence that we have. But you just brought up an interesting point. Sometimes there's disagreements amongst people who do this for a living and actually try to test and measure things and all those sorts of things. And what we're gonna, where we're going with the exec vision roadmap is we wanna answer these big questions like, well, is it better to ask the why questions or not? No one knows. No one's ever solved that problem to be able to say definitively, asking why results in better performance. Or here's another big one, filler words. Um, uh, like kinda sorta, you know, actually, 
all these words that we can't stand. A lot of millennials will go, cool, cool. They, they say cool twice in a row. Right. All, all of those things we believe. I mean, Andy, you and I both believe that this is this is counterproductive to having an effective uh, dialogue with a buyer. I, I think we yes. all kind of knew. But do we know? We don't know. And this is the this is the this is the thing that we're going to be solving for. And I, we're not there yet with the technology, but we're getting there. Where we're going to ultimately be able to come back when we have enough calls and enough data and be able to prove definitively filler words do or do not matter. Um, asking why questions does or does not matter. Oh, you know, we were wrong all along. You should talk 80% of the call, 90% of the call. <laughs> yeah, don't, let the, don't let the customer talk at all. Don't <laughs> let the customer talk. At, we, but you know what? That's, that's, that's the funny thing is that we really, we really we don't. We don't know, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. anyway. Yeah. I, I love that. Well, and the, the, the thing about why questions is, and part of that, you're going to find you're going to get data, but part of it depends on who's asking, right? Because... I've seen salespeople that sort of do that sort of ro- robotic two-year-old why, why, why type thing. And just like a two-year-old, they're not really listening, right? They're saying the why just because they've been taught that that's a good way to get the customer to keep talking and talking about themselves. But if it's the why followed by why do you do this or why is this important to you? You know, why? And that's what salespeople seem to miss a lot of. Mm. And, and why is almost like the... The cayenne pepper and cooking. So I'll, I'll give you a little story to illustrate this. I was meeting with a um, a market research vendor that's got about 300 employees in uh, Arlington, Virginia, and one of their sales leaders there is named Linda. And I met with. I had a meeting with her yesterday, and the rest of the sales leadership team, six people. And I I, I go on the whiteboard and I wrote. I'm selling exec vision, right? Mm-hmm. So I go on the whiteboard and I write, "What matters to you?" question mark And I underline it, and then I put each person's name on the board. And under Linda, I'm writing down as she's talking, she says, I care about consistency in coaching. I care about focusing on the types of conversations that lead to results. And one thing I know is our sales cycles are too long. And I stopped right there and I said, interesting. And this gets back to like the focus and the genuine intellectual curiosity I had. This wasn't like a sales question. This is because like, I just want to know. And I said, do you know why your sales cycles are so long? There you go. Why question? Why mm-hmm. are the sales cycles so long? You know what her answer was? I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh, I haven't. I haven't heard enough evidence. Of course, know? she doesn't know, right? No, no. Well, so yeah. it's just it's just an example of how a why question, like you know, we were talking about at the right time. I I, I probably disagree. I don't probably. I definitely disagree with the guy who wrote that LinkedIn post. But you know. I think that I think what we're going to discover here, Andy, is exactly what you were saying a little while ago. We've gotten to a point with our sales enablement mindset and philosophy and go to market strategies that we say, hey, if we write a playbook for, you know, some, you know, recent college graduate or young sales professional and we show them all the best practices and we sort of drill it into their head over their onboarding period that on the other side, we're going to have someone who understands how to interface and engage and relate and connect to the buyer. And I, I think we're all starting to realize that that's, that's not the case. You know, it's a lot more difficult than that. And how do you solve for that problem? I believe, and again, I don't have evidence yet, but I will, but I believe very fundamentally that a way to solve for that problem is to bring them back the annotated calls and the annotated game film, because for a visual learner and an auditory learner to see and hear the calls and the parts of the things that matter and actually see it on a timeline with exclamation points or here's what you need to pay attention to, Billy and and Susie, these are the parts of the call. These are the parts of the demo that matter. And here's why. You know, I think that's going to create a much better um, uh, learning environment that will save a lot more of these people who otherwise would wash out of the profession. 
Yeah, well, and I think that one of the things, absolutely I agree with so much of that, is, is I think the thing that you add on top of that, and you just can't get away from this in sales, is you can script out as much as you want. You can have a playbook all that you want, but ultimately it's about repetition. Right, getting back to our sports sports cliche, you know, how do you how do you perfect your your athletic ability in a specific sport? It's through practice and repetition. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got this human element in sales that's never going to go away. You know, and no two people that you talk to are ever alike. So if you're trying to apply a standard process to, you know, people that are varying each time you talk to them, well, some way you have to develop the expertise and the experience that says, look, in this with this type of person, I'm just going to vary this. One percent in this direction, right? Because I need to. Because this person, this is my, this is my learning about my craft. Mm-hmm. So, this is where your, I think, exec vision is so important. Is is yeah, you get the ability after you've done ten repetitions to come back and say, okay, well, let's look at those. Now go do ten more, and we're going to go back and look at those. As opposed to saying, go away for a year and we'll talk to you on your annual review, mm. or we'll talk to you next month in the sales meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 a trend that we're we're seeing is is a lot of companies are now I'm talking about more of a business issue here, but it relates back to sales is is a lot of companies are abandoning the idea of a formal performance review or a formal QBR mm-hmm. and, and instead bringing back much more uh, frequent and short bursts of praise and short bursts of, of feedback and opportunity for improvement along the way. And that seems to be working for a lot of the fast growing SaaS companies who, who have adopted that model. Yeah, and I think that you combine that with something like ExecVision that enables you to deal with the facts, right? Not the anecdotes, but deal with facts because that's one of my big things about sales managers always manage on anecdote versus what's really happening. Do you have the so, facts? Oh, so I got I got I got to share. This is just just a, a interesting little side story. So um, one of our customers, uh, their chief marketing officer, who doesn't, you know, never really listens to calls. Let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, marketers will hear a few sales calls, a few customer facing interactions sporadically, but, but nothing meaningful. Well, um, and it's a given they're going to hate all of them anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go, that's why it's so funny. When you go to a, a room full of marketers and you say sales is where good leads go to die, they all start laughing and they, they, they nod their heads. And then if you go to a room full of salespeople and say, hey, the leads you're getting from marketing sucks, they all laugh and start nodding their heads. I mean, right. it's, that's never going to die. That's never going to change. No. But anyway, so they, they were this marketer, the CMO of one of our customers was trying to figure out um, what should the theme be for our user conference? They were doing their first ever user conference. And um, the, the, the senior executive team had determined that this year it was going to be focused on social selling and connecting social selling back to marketing efforts and that this is what we're going to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they, they, one of our, our customers said, well, hold on guys, before you make that determination and really put the stake in the ground, how about you listen to 10 calls that we've had recently in my sales development organization with customers and or sorry, excuse me, with prospects to hear what the marketplace cares about. What is the marketplace thinking about and talking about right now? And in fact, when they went back and listened to those, because they can fast forward to the keyword social, they went and listened to the parts where the sales development rep talked about social selling to marketers and the marketers just didn't care, not even a little bit. But then they went back and said, well, what would they care about? Well, maybe content marketing. Then they went to the parts of the call where the word content was spoken and voila, the marketers lit up when content came out. So they changed their entire theme for their first ever user conference from being all about social selling to being all about content marketing. And how do you do that? It goes back to marketers listening. Right. And how do you listen? You have to have an ability to listen to what the customer is saying. 
Well, great. Well, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about go back to revisit that issue you talked about before, sort of the legality of, of you know how do you make sure you're clear to record the calls and so on after our break. Now, before the break, I'm going to give you a hypothetical scenario to think about, and we'll talk about that as soon as we come back. And here it is. I've asked this of every one of my guests. So, you are a new sales manager hired into an organization whose sales need to be badly turned around, and senior management's really anxious for you to get something going in a hurry. So what are the two things you would do during the first week that could have the biggest impact? So you think about that, and we'll talk about it as soon as we get back from the break. This is Andy Paul with my guest, Steve Richard from Foresight BP and ExecVision. Attention, sales leaders. Would you like to give your sales team the tools to drive more quality connects, scale their outreach, and spend more time selling? Well, you can with LiveHive. Get your ROI. Try it now at LiveHive.com dot com forward slash ROI. That's livehive, L-I-V-E-H-I-V-E dot com forward slash ROI. Hi, friends. This is Andy. Can you imagine a sports coach who doesn't use game film? I mean, it seems absurd, yet it happens every day in sales organizations around the world that lack game film of their interactions with customers and prospects leaving managers without a critical tool to help coach and improve the performance of their sales reps. But now, you can unlock the power of your team's sales conversations with ExecVision. See why HubSpot, DiscoverOrg, ZoomInfo, and Tibco have all joined the game film revolution with ExecVision. To see a game film demo today, visit ExecVision at www.execvision.io or contact Steve Richard at srichard at execvision.io. Welcome back. I'm here today with Steve Richard from Foresight BP, ExecVision, sales entrepreneur, multiple companies he started in the sales space to innovate in sales. Steve, I gave you a scenario before the break. New sales manager hired into a company that needs sales turnaround. What are the two things you do in the first week that could have the biggest impact? I need to know my players, so I need to assess the DNA of my players, and I need to understand who those people really are first. And I'm probably going to an assessment company to help facilitate that, but I'm using it as one data point. Mm -hmm. And then number two, um, I need to have a baseline understanding of the interactions that they're having. So I, I, need to, um, I need to sit and listen to as many of their different types of sales calls at different stages of the buyer's journey as possible. Uh, and then start asking them questions about where is the buyer in their buying process before I listen to a call, listen to what they have to say. They might not even know. After that, see how they match what they're doing as a seller to where the buyer is in their buying journey, if, if at all. So that, those are the two places I'd start, assessing and listening. Great. Great answer. Like it. So back to ExecVision. We talked before about, or uh, we raised the issue about Okay, you're using this methodologies you might have in place, your dialers, whatever, that you can record calls or you're joined up me, go to meeting. So what's the advice you have to give your customers in terms of asking their counterparts, people they're talking to, the prospects or whatever, for permission to record? Okay, call recording laws are the most misunderstood laws in the world. And I have, I'm having more conversations with sales teams and customer-facing teams that are saying things like, we want to record our calls, but our lawyers shut us down. Our legal team shut us down. Okay. I am not a lawyer, guys. Caveat, not a lawyer. Hashtag, not a lawyer. Maybe okay. the only thing you haven't done. Maybe you should take care of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sir. I will not be barred anytime soon. Um, okay. But here's what I know from the research that I've done. Um, first of all, 
there are two, there are, uh, there are 12 two party consent states in the country. The rest of them are single party consent states, which means if I make a phone call from Virginia to Atlanta, Georgia, there are two one party consent states. I can record that call legally. I don't have to ask for consent. doesn't matter if it's scheduled, unscheduled, whatever. If I call into California, California is a two party state. Theoretically, I have to get uh, permission, continue or consent. Not theoretically. I do have to get consent for that call. So now let's talk about the implications for customer touch points. So think about customer touch points and customer facing. First of all, anytime someone calls inbound to you, it's really easy. You can have um, like that little consent statement. Hey, this call is going to be reported for training purposes. Done. Mm -hmm. You're good to go. Okay. Secondly, if you're a company that does free trials, uh, what we're seeing a lot of our customers do is in their in their T's and C's for their free trials, notification is provided that the call will be any any calls may be recorded for training. Check, you're fine, you're legal. Okay. Now let's talk about outbound sales as opposed to inbound. Right. So for outbound sales, you've got two flavors. You've got scheduled and you've got unscheduled. And by the way, I have a whole brief that writes that that has all of this. So Andy, I'll share with you. You can share with your community. But yep. in the in the unscheduled scheduled, if it is a scheduled call, now this is great. This is the best sentence I've ever heard in my life. This comes from the general counsel of one of our customers, Zoom Info. So their GC is the one that developed this, and it's beautiful. Uh, he said, uh, do you mind if I record the call so I can focus on our conversation and check my notes later? Love it. Beautiful. I've Love said it. it well over 100 times. I had one person say no, a crodgy old guy in Utah who said, no, I prefer if you didn't. No problem, and I didn't record it. All right, so who who doesn't want to have someone check their notes later on? So now you can record outbound scheduled calls with consent. You shouldn't have a problem. The last bucket that leaves is our favorite, which is the outbound unexpected or unscheduled call. So if you're talking about like a, a, a warm call, cold call, calling to follow up on a lead, that kind mm -hmm, of thing, mm -hmm. in, in those cases – uh, you you can make a decision. You're not going to get consent, so throw that out the window. I mean, I'm not going to cold call you and say, "Hey, do you mind if I record this?" Um, but you can do one-sided recording, or depending on the state, you can have a faint tone in the background. So that's the tricky one. You really have to talk to the lawyers about. Most of the companies that we're working with, the customers we're working with, are electing to do one-sided. For that, so they'll use either their telephone provider or their dialer mm -hmm. has the option for one-sided. Like for example, an InsightSales.com, you know, a sales loft, Velocify, Dial, Dial Source, New Voice Media, I can Sinetti. The list goes on and on and on. Most of those dialers have a one-sided call recording option. A phone burner, and my friend uh, Pete Gracie, and many many others. But um, you can go into one-sided recording mode, in which case you're completely legal and compliant. Um, so check. Check with your organization about call recording uh, and, and laws and legality and all that sort of thing. But keep in mind, there's a lot of flexibility. Now, another, another final point here is that some of these laws are written in very stringent and tough ways, yet they're almost never litiga litigated against. So it's something that you have to be really you know, cognizant of, but realize it's all about managing risk. It's all about you know, what's acceptable level of risk, because you know, some of your lawyers might say, well, what if they don't ask a consent statement if they don't want in 50 times, right? but you have a demonstrated pattern of having done that, then you're, you should be okay. Check with your lawyers. And for any of your customers, have any of their prospects asked for transcripts as well? Uh, transcripts is in... Well, I mean, let's say you've made a call to somebody and say, you know, it's a detailed call, you're getting some real detail, and the customer says, yeah, 
You know, you recorded that. Well, I'd like to get a copy of that transcript. Ah, very interesting. So one of the ways in my own selling, I'll tell you a story in my own selling, um, that we've used exec vision for an interesting use case is because we're recording the demos with consent after the fact at the end of the call. And, and we, you and I have talked about this consensus and the amount of, you know, decision makers and stakeholders mm-hmm. up and up and up. And it's just enormous hassle to have to go and do the same conversation five different times with five different people. In fact, demo chimp is something that I'm going to be working with shortly to help you with that problem. Right. Right. Right now, one of the things I'm doing is in exec vision, after I'm done, I mark the call and I tag key moments. So I'll tag, you know, the 20 minutes of the call. That's really the thing that everyone else needs to listen to. And they don't have to hear all of the other stuff we're talking about, but I'll mark a couple of key moments and then send them that recording in exec vision. They share that around with the decision maker, so it's better than a transcript. Nobody wants to read a transcript. Everyone wants to just watch the right part of the video. Perfect. Well, you make it short by being able to tag the relevant spots. I love that. So, how do you um, how do you use Exec Vision for or your not you, but your customers for uh, onboarding new reps? So. Um, this is a big thing we hear again and again is that most people's onboarding is flat. It's not multimedia. Um, and there's nothing that's better. Our, 70% of our new hires, every, every new hire that comes through Boresight our outsourcing business, we hire five a month. We ask them at, at, on the exit, uh, at the end of uh, 60 days, we say, what was the most important part of your onboarding? And 70% of them say, listening to the calls in, in the platform and exec vision. So mm-hmm. what you as a sales leader, sales enablement person can do is take the call annotate it with key moments so people understand why it's a good call. Because if I took that call and put it in front of eight random salespeople and said, why is this a good call? They would have eight different answers. They don't, they don't know. They need you as the teacher's guide to mark up the call, drag and drop the folder into, excuse me, drag and drop the call into best practices folders. And now in any best practices folders, you can see several examples of calls that illustrate that idea. So one of the one of the things we teach our clients uh, at Foresight VP and teach internally at Foresight is this notion of three by three research. How do you find three key pieces of information on the company or contact in three minutes of research? It's one of our little monikers. And um, uh, we have a folder called three by three research. People struggle to using three by three research in context. Mm-hmm. They're really good at getting it. They're really hard at saying it. I don't know why. It's just one of those tricky things. Right. So now we've got, you know, a dozen calls where you, you can see exactly the point of the call where three by three research was said and the reaction of the prospect to it. And it gets not just, it, it gets people comfortable with doing it, but it gets buying. It wins the hearts and minds of, of new hires who are onboarding to say, I get it. You know what I mean? I, I see it. And that's the key thing. Cause most of these people are visual learners. They need to see it to get it. Right. Well, now I think the other point that we sort of alluded to earlier about exec vision, sort of maybe one of the last questions about it before I go to the last segment of the show is, is it's, Really, for everybody who's customer-facing, not just sales, but anybody that has customer-facing transactions or interactions with clients, you have the ability to coach them. And your customer service people, as I like to say, is you know the first call you get to customer service or customer support or customer success after you get an order is your first sales call on your next order. So being able to coach those people is really important as well. Yeah, and and it's um, so I had a I had a sales call with uh, Thompson Creek Window Company. In, uh, in Maryland, and I love uh, what they're doing up there, Rick West and his team, the CEO there, what they're doing. Um, and we talked about, I, I, I started the meeting by saying, who are your customer facing touch points? And he mapped out six different unique functional areas that are customer facing touch points. And then my next question is, which of those are the highest priority for you? Like, in other words, which of those ones are the ones where you just can't screw it up? And he thought about it. 
And he said, all of them, because that's how I create an amazing experience for my customer. Mm -hmm. And I get goosebumps, you know, thinking about that because I'm, I'm sitting there going, son of a bitch. That's why Rick West is where he is in life. That, exactly. I mean, right. He nailed it. So, yeah, we really have to be cognizant of that experience. And how do those how is that customer experience created? And it is through conversations. Yep. Yeah. And being able to said as an entrepreneur, a business leader, sales leader, being able to coach people on all those interactions. Yeah, I'll give an example, one from the opposite side is years and years ago at a uh, CEO of one of our biggest customers comes and visits the startup I was working for. And we we're a sort of mature startup and, and he comes in the door and he says, where's Eileen? <laughs> and I'm sitting there with the CEO and myself. And that's the first thing he says when we look at each other and said, Eileen, you mean customer service Eileen? He goes, yeah. And he says, uh, well, follow me. And so we walk down the hallway, <laughs> we go to Eileen. This is a true story, honest to God. And he, we get to our cubicle and he shakes her hand. He says, Eileen, you know, George. And then he turns to our CEO and he says, she's the reason we continue to buy from you. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And she, right. and she was, she was great on the phone. She was obviously great with the customer entrepreneurs that pay attention, that business leaders pay attention that function. Yeah. They went out more than not. So that's great. Great. Yeah. So executive yeah. vision can it, really help you with that. You know, and that's, maybe this is even the last thought to leave, to leave your uh, community with and the audience with is how committed are you to creating that culture of excellence in conversation execution, that culture of coaching? Yep. Love it. Love it. Okay. So we're going to last segment of the show. I've got some rapid fire questions for you. You can give me one word answers or you can elaborate if you wish. Ready? First one, what's the most important sales tool in your arsenal? It will be DemoChimp. Uh, sales loft and mobile day. And if you guys aren't using mobile day, you're crazy. It's free. It allows you from your cell phone to one touch. You can get into any conference bridge in the world. Yeah. Now I've, when I, when you told me about it a few weeks ago, I've, I've loaded it. So I'm going to time to start using it by will here shortly. So, uh, who's your sales role model? Combination of, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say my business partner Tom Snyder with Force APP because because of what he taught me about active listening. Amazing. All right. What's the one book? Not necessarily a sales book. What's the one book every salesperson should read? Other than yours? Other than mine. Tony Hughes wrote a book called The Joshua Principle, where he uh, where he talks about the a young man's coming of age story and sales. And it's the perfect book for not a brand new salesperson, but once you've been in sales for about six months or a year and you've had some of the pain of being a salesperson, it's, it's just an incredible book. All right. Good, good recommendation. So what's your favorite music to listen to, to psych yourself up for an important call or meeting? <laughs> oh, how about heart? Oh. <laughs> any, any particular song or maybe Phil Collins. I don't know. No, you know, I, I'm a big fan of a whole bunch of different music. I don't normally do that, but I just want to think of something that was kind of funny. <laughs> well, uh, I had somebody yesterday was, <laughs> I was talking to those almost embarrassed to admit that it was Genesis. I said, no, that's okay. Genesis is fine. Oh, come on. Yeah. It's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's the first sales activity you do every day? Um, Lately, it's been look at my pipeline, 
historically it's been um, listening on social media. The last question for you. The one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople is? When is it time to let them go? Okay, so question for managers. When's the time to let them go? Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like to be a negative Nancy. I don't want to go down on that note, but it's, it's there is a, a DNA of of someone who will be successful in sales, and it goes back to my mission of, of I want to save as many of them as I possibly can, Andy. But there is there is a, a time when it becomes glaringly evident to everyone that this particular individual is not cut out for this job, and you can't make a cat bark. <laughs> okay, first time I heard that expression, I like that can't make a cat bark. Uh, I agree, right? People have expiration dates. You need to recognize when you've reached yours or somebody's reached theirs and help them transition to something else. Yeah. Okay, good. So I want to thank you for joining me, Steve. My guest has been Steve Richard, co-founder of ExecVision and Foresight VP and Foresight itself. So tell people how they can learn more, learn more about you. Awesome, Andy. Well, the Boresight BP blog is where we put a lot of energy and focus. So check out the Boresight BP blog. Um, and then uh, with execvision, uh, execvision.io. Yes, I'm trying to buy the .com. Somebody else owns the .com. So execvision.io. But you know what? Connect with me on LinkedIn. You know what the best thing is to do? Because periodically I put out, you know, maybe two or three times a year I put out content. I'm going to be doing the largest survey of call recording usage ever done at some point very soon. Uh, so if you connect with me on LinkedIn, you will you will be the recipient of that. And we'll be giving away like probably a half dozen GoPros to try to get people encouraged to uh, give us some factual evidence on what they're doing. Great. Well, good. Well, I appreciate you joining us. So remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure that you don't miss any of our conversations with top experts like our guest today, Steve Richard who share their experience and wisdom about how to accelerate, accelerate the growth of your business. So until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.